It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. Um, oh. You're VA. <laughs> no. I'm Jeff, and Tim is Tim. <laughs> I was going to say something like profound. And then. Whew. And then you swung the other way and just said nothing at all. I mean, that's probably the better alternate, the better version of swinging the other way, but. <laughs> You know, we recorded three weeks in a row and I still wasn't even good. So I can't even I can't even blame it on that. Um, Yes, this is this this is welcome. Let's try that again. This is barely on topic. I am VA. I'm here with Jeff. Ahoy. And Tim. Hello. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the Boston Bruins because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that in the last couple of weeks, um, the world has been a scary and disappointing and terrible place. So yeah, the whole existential dread thing, which I thought we, you know, worked our way through our way through over the last two years, turns out we can find more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're here to take your mind off of all of the happenings in. The Bruins, to their credit, despite playing at four in the morning, have been doing their part. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yes, the world has been really crappy. I, I feel like I need to, to acknowledge the whole Russian invasion of Ukraine and how terrible that is. And there are some people that are doing some really good stuff out there. So if you can kick some money over to World Central Kitchen, Jose Andres is an amazing chef who goes to these places where people need him uh, to serve out some hot food and, and uh, comfort. Uh, so uh, God bless the Ukrainian people. Let me just say that. You know what? If you spend the 20th century being the world, being Europe's football, turns out you end up being pretty fucking tough. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, all I can think of is like when Ukraine finally gets these fucking assholes out of their country someday i do want to go to ukraine because i want to i want to see the resolve of the people in person <laughs> you know <laughs> they're gonna need tourist people uh tourists so they'll build back they will but they got to get these assholes out of there that's I've all always, i'm saying i've always kind of wanted to visit um chernobyl you can still do like tours now where you have to wear like certain gear, obviously, and things like that. But I kind of, I just find that whole thing fascinating. Kind of want to. I mean, be I, don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely fascinated by by the abandoned cities in the uh, in the exclusion zone. But it doesn't mean I want to go there, Tim. That's fair. <laughs> I am I am truly fascinated. And photo essays of Pripyat <laughs> are some of the coolest things you'll ever see. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just not to be the photographer taking said photo essay. <laughs> I just. I just, for whatever reason, I'd like to, I'd like to go. It was just, Pripyat used to be this huge, insane, booming town, and now it's just like, not. I, I, I like to visit cities, so Kiev is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so someday, someday I will go to Kiev. Um, but in the meantime, you know, go Ukraine. And there's a, there's a, um, there's a van down the street that somebody put some lettering on it, and it says, Ich bin ein ukrainian and i was like okay 
That's sure, fine. why not? <laughs> yes, let's do it. But anyway, I just wanted to, to start out that uh, with those words because uh, I've been kind of silent on the Ukrainian thing, just because not because I don't know where I stand and, and who's right in this. And I just felt like I had to at least acknowledge that, that this has happened in the last couple of weeks. Now let's talk about some happier things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. And that would be the Boston Bruins actually proving us all wrong. Yeah, we, we, we have to we have open by owning our, 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 our own wrongness, um, as we usually do here. I said five points on the on the road trip and maybe and I I, I maybe wasn't as down on them about the uh, the Colorado game that was happening the day after we've recorded. Uh, I felt like the Bruins would be in it. Oh, yeah, they were in it. They were very much in it. They I was going to say, so did Colorado even leave their hotel rooms? Well, Nathan McKinnon did so he could slash a ref. And then no one did anything about it. I, I had forgotten all about that until I was taking notes last night for today. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even have to look it up. The comment from the league after was like, oh, we talked with the ref and he said it was they were trying to slash players like that's still still not allowed. illegal. <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. I mean, it's not... it's not an automatic mega suspension because I guess, strictly speaking, it isn't abusive officials, but the fuck? <laughs> yeah, something should have happened and nothing did. And you know why? Why? Why did nothing happen? The NHL has a pro Dartmouth and an anti-Halifax side of the harbor bias. Okay, okay well... That was a McKinnon and Marchand joke, yes. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understood the joke. I get it. I was just going to go even, like less specific because <laughs> nathan mckinnon is looked at as a good boy star even though he's a dick who concussed patrick he's, nolan the other week and he's got no shortage of petulant child a lot of petulant child going on a lot of the time too yeah i love one of the comments was oh uh the ref didn't want uh uh chickpea boy uh making fun of his diet <laughs> <laughs> So now all I can think of is Nathan McKinnon is chickpea boy. <laughs> <laughs> Friends don't let friends eat chickpea pasta. We tried it and don't do it. Do not do it. <laughs> also, do not put it in soup. No, never in soup. I, I actually It melts sometimes... and you just end up with sludge. <laughs> yeah, you, you actually have to undercook chickpea pasta. Like it will tell you that you can cook it for, I don't know, six minutes. Don't. Four. Four minutes. Four minutes tops. Do not put it in a... Uh, and basically make only as much as you need. Because it does not last. It, it it doesn't. Lentils pasta is a little bit better. Not I've had much. black bean pasta that's all right. Yep. Yeah, the bl- black bean seems to hold up pretty well. I know that obviously you can't have the whole wheat one. I mean, uh, Julie cannot, Dr. Julie cannot, but uh, I, I prefer the whole wheat pasta now because I'm not supposed to have the refined stuff. So yeah, I bought a chickpea rice. Yeah. Bonza makes a chickpea rice and I, but why? I thought, <laughs> well, rice is, if, if you have diabetes, you're not supposed to really have white rice. Well, if you're going to do that, I would just have cauliflower rice. Like it's not exactly, it's hard to make cauliflower rice. You just throw raw cauliflower into the um, food processor on the fine grater and, you know, throw it in a pan for like five minutes and it's good to go. 
Yes, I I actually really enjoy cauliflower um, and cauliflower riced cauliflower and stuff, but my husband does not. So we have to come up with something in between. So I was thinking about making a rice pilaf uh, with this and very gently cooking the rice, under cooking it so much, you know, but I have not done that yet. And I'm sure that everybody really wants to know about the culinary habits, uh, you know, barely on topic, a cooking show. <laughs> I mean, if we wanted to make it that, I think you and I could make it a fun one. But <laughs> oh, my God, maybe one episode we will just talk about cooking. I mean, because I I'm getting better at cooking. I actually I you know what? I'm a pretty good cook, but I have no confidence in my abilities. Can we say that? That we can say that. Baking, though. Oh, yeah, baby. I have more confidence in baking than I should. Is that I rate myself as a uh, above average to highly competent home co- uh, a home cook who likes to fuck around and find out, and usually that works out for me. Usually, sometimes I fail badly and I feel awful serving this food to my wife. But anyway, <laughs> if she's like my husband, she's like, "Hey, it's food that I can put in my mouth." Yeah, yeah, she 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 scolds me sometimes, but like, don't be so feel so bad about it. It's like you tried and it didn't work. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's no big deal. It's still edible. If it's still edible, you win. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, the Bruins, they blew out the avalanche so bad, and it was great. I realized that the problem that we have with this this road trip was that it was mostly late games, so you guys either watched or didn't watch. Some of you who live on the West Coast were like, this is my time. And good for you. I'm glad you guys got to see, you know, to, to see the games. That's that's actually fantastic. But uh, yeah. for those of us that live in, you know, say the godforsaken Atlantic time zone, well, let's just say these games ended closer to my closer to my alarm clock than my bedtime. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I would watch to the end, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for bed now. But anyway, the the important takeaway from this this road trip was they played six games. That was a possible twelve points, and they came home with ten. And the only game they lost was a schedule loss. Second night of a back-to-back. Like, Oh, yeah. Anyone that goes into those kind of games, even against a bad team, has unrealistic expectations. And the Ducks kind of give them fits. So, And it wasn't a, a calamitous game, either. It was a winnable game until it was not a winnable game. Wait, did they lose that one in overtime, or did they, or did they lose it in the last minutes? They lost it in the last, like, seriously, 22 seconds. And that was after going down bad early, right? So, like, the fact that they almost got it to overtime is is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, by the end of the first, they were down 3-1. You had a couple of goals in the uh, second and third to bring it to 3-3, but then Zagris. Yeah, Trevor Zagris. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the night before, they blew out the Kings so, so much. I mean, they chased Jonathan Quick from the goal after five. Five. It was like some way through the second period, I think. It was just like they, they scored they 25 goals in this, on this road trip. And that's not counting the 5-1 against against Avs that was at home, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their goal differential went up for sure. It's beautiful. It's fine. They lost against the Ducks. I had them down for five, five points. I think that was including the abs. And I was wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. It's fine. You guys all will. No, you're not going to lose respect for me because I have never, ever said I was an expert. I mean, our whole thing on this podcast is being wrong, but unlike some other shows, we own that. <laughs> yes. 
happy. I'm so happy. It's not when we'll be wrong. This. It's when we'll be wrong and the manner in which we'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, remember last year we wanted to trade poor Krejci so he could have a better home. Ooh. Anyway. You know, there is one game. Is there one game that we watched all of us together? Well, not together, but, you know. Presumably I mean, I, last night. Oh, yeah. I, it's the only one I saw all the way through, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did so, watch last night. Okay. Um, let me just go through a brief review here. Uh, so they won against the Avs, 5-1. to one. They won against the Kra- uh, Kraken in overtime, 3-2. to two. But they, you know, the Kraken gave them some trouble when they came to the Garden, so it's not too yeah, surprising. Yeah, like they win them, but like they're they kind of just like, like, you know, they're inconvenient. <laughs> right. And that was uh, that was Marshy's first game back. And he missed practice that day or the, the day before because he had to welcome a new little one, little Miss Rue Marshan. So mazel tov to the Marshans. They, they have a new little one and he's not going to get sleep for a while. So yay. Uh, so he probably was glad to be on the road trip. <laughs> The one instance where the road trip comes in handy. <laughs> anyway, I mean, gotta feel bad for, uh, for 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 his wife there, but uh... <laughs> ah, this is her third kid. She's got it down. <laughs> uh, I suppose she did the single mom thing for a while with round one too. Yeah, so <laughs> right, right. Uh, Katrina, she's a strong woman. We know that, but we know that that Brad. I mean, you'd have to be to be Brad's to be to be Brad's wife, presumably. <laughs> Well, first of all, he calls her and his other daughter Sawyer the boss or the bosses. So, I think uh, I think she's trained him correctly, mm. <laughs> as it should be. So, yeah. So the Bruins won against the Sharks three to one, and that was Marshy's big game with two goals. So and an assist. So woohoo! All sorts of points for him. And then they uh, they just laid the Kings the fuck out. <laughs> yep. But what was beautiful about that was the. DeBrusque natural hat trick and his first career hat trick in the NHL with the Bruins. Oh boy, it could not have come at a better time. And he had completed it within 53 seconds of the second period. That's just how remarkable this is. Mm-hmm. Oh God. So wonderful. And at that point it appears that the, uh, you know, that the, <laughs> the Kings just sort of said, okay, fine, fine. Just, 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 just do the thing now. Because yeah, they really got Patrice and Hall and then Howla twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great night. They really got dethroned there. <laughs> A rare second unit power play goal on Howla's first one, too. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Coyle and Smith getting the assists on that. It's beautiful. I loved it. And Howla, I mean, remember when it's like, oh, my God, is this guy ever going to score? And now he's, well, with this game, uh, he had gotten up to seven goals. I told you. Told you, Eric Howla, Howla Famer, right there. <laughs> Tim, what percentage of choosing your players, your favorite players, is based on puns? Oh, I'd like to say it's a higher percentage, but then, like, uh, Co- Copenin doesn't really <laughs> lend itself to being fun. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, watching him, you could barely cope, and then... I cope just fine. I love him. 
Okay. Um, so Bruins lost to the Ducks four to three uh, because zebras. Woohoo! I wonder if anybody's ever mistakenly called him zebras. Probably drunk. <laughs> I'd go up to him drunk, say, "You're the Trevor Zebras guy. Where are your stripes?" <laughs> okay, Bruins at the Vegas Golden Knights. That was a decided victory, a five, uh, five to two, because uh, Craig Smith, who has been snake bitten and having trouble finding his game or his scoring touch, he got a hat trick because you know why not? Let's give. People hat tricks this, this uh, yeah. road trip. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. It's good. Uh, but it took a long time for them to determine whether or not it was a hat trick. It was just like, could you figure it out? You know, are you going to challenge that? What are you doing? I don't know. But anyway, it was a hat trick. It was good. It was a second with the Bruins. I forgot to mention who the goalies were with this because, uh, you know, it was like Swayman. The only loss that the Bruins had. Oh, it was. Oh, Mark. It was Olmark, and it was all Swayman doing all the winning. It's really great. Olmark was also in the uh, in the Seattle game too. So the kind of the the two toughest games will be on last night anyway. Olmark was in that, unfortunately. For I was going to say like Swayman's playing. What it is is I think Swayman's playing angry after the uh, after having been sent down, right? No, I don't think he's angry at all. I think he's. Uh, I don't know. No, playing angry is not the same as being angry. <laughs> no, I think he's. Uh, I think he's playing like revived. Like he was sent down. He did his thing. He was a good trooper. Came back. Found out that Tuca was not going to be able to go anymore, and it was just like, "This is my time to shine." I mean, we really, you know, we need a new. We need a new meme for this new goalie. Remember how you had the Tuca Rask, the Flying Finnish King, the Sparkly Banff? You know, we need to have something like that for, for Jeremy Swayman. Mm-hmm. The Fly Fishing Alaskan King. He doesn't catch fish. What? The fish sacrifice themselves to him. You know, he's a bear because he lives. We got to have something where he's a bear. He lives up in Alaska. He goes Alaska. fishing, but, he get, but, 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 but like a bear, he catches them with his glove hand. He catches fish with his glove hand. Ah yeah. Woo-hoo! Well, the the bear thing actually would work. We got because not only being from Alaska, he went to the University of Maine, which are the Black Bears, and then he also plays for the Bruins. So there's a lot of bears in there. Bears, bears, and bears. Bears, bears. He went bears, to Maine to acclimate to warmer weather. <laughs> And it's not just Maine, like, Orono is, like, north of Bangor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Orono is a whole lot of nothing. Like, it's, it's actually impressive that Orono is actually able, you know, is actually able to, like, demonstrate they've had good um, Betty Chellers because apparently they do genuinely have recruitment issues because people don't, because, because it turns out a lot of, not a lot of 17-year-olds want to move to Orono if they have other options. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> cold freezing winters in the middle of nowhere don't exactly appeal to people sometimes i mean you also got the whole problem where if you're looking at a hard floor of a four-hour bus ride to your nearest hockey east rival <laughs> yeah but you know what if you want to play hockey and if you're just hockey minded and that's all you really want to do it's a great place to be 
You could do much worse places than Orono. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so anyway, we need to work on that. We need to come up with like a, a new little meme because man, oh man. I mean, maybe not after last night, but after the, uh, what game was it? After the Vegas Golden Knights game, his like, his save percentage was gaudy. Oh, so gaudy. And I mean, he just, uh, it was, it, you know, I mean, on this road trip after the, 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 um, the Kings game, that was his third shutout this season in his fifth co- overall in his career, his career, which started last year. That's pretty good. I, I'm Jeremy very excited Swagger, about, <laughs> I am very, very excited about Mr. Uh, Mr. Swayman. Love him. Love him. Love his attitude. Last night, not the best game, but yeah, he had a he had a rough night last night. Yes, there's uh, there's really no two ways about that. Look, the the Columbus Blue Jackets had a lot of things going on last night. They had the Rick Nash retirement and banner raising. That's the first number in Columbus Blue Jackets history that has been raised to the rafters. So that's a pretty big thing. They've only been around for twenty years. They haven't exactly had a lot of players that stuck around. They were good enough and stuck around long enough to justify these things. (laughs) Right. And they had three captains, previous captains and current captains there. They had Rick Nash. They had Nick Foligno. And uh, they had Boone Jenner, all in the ceremonial puck drop. So that was pretty cool. You know, did did you see the pregame talk up of, uh, of, or not pregame, but it's, uh, it was like the in- in arena thing that they showed Sean yeah. Corrali was, was near none of that. None, none of that made it on the broadcast uh, on the stream. I, I was watching. I know, but you can find it on NHL.com. So uh, he was talking about the importance of Rick Nash reviving the interest in youth hockey. Uh, not that Ohio hasn't had hockey, but that he made it exciting again. So basically that was fun. Um, you know, we didn't really get to see the pregame cer- ceremony, but uh, you can probably find it online. Uh, you know, I think it would have been a little bit more apropos to have him have his re- uh, retirement during Against a the rags, rags game. That was my thought, too. But I like seeing it here. Like, I'm- he wouldn't have been able to bring in the previous captain for the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Yeah. So I can understand why they did it. Whereas, like. When the Bruins did the the banner raising for Willie O'Ree, which shirt I'm wearing right now, <laughs> the Bruins came out and played flat and like crap and not the Blue Jackets. They came out last night and they were like, let's go. Like you could definitely see they were running up the limits of their of, of their team true talent, but they were fucking playing motivated. <laughs> and their good players were all all over the ice. Um, uh, you know, Voracek had a great night. Wierenski had a pretty good night. Oh, I was so worried for Wierenski. Um, oh, there's he... that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like usually when somebody's leg goes into the post, breakaway or not, it's not a good thing that happens. So, and holy just... air that 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 that, 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 that <gasps> caught there. He jumped like as high as the top as the crossbar. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, wow, look how athletic he is. Oh. I love Merzikens. I just, I love him so much. I do. You know, what I found out last night was, um, I think the Blue Jackets are my other team. You know, they're they're an impossible team to dislike. They are. 
Their entire <laughs> their entire thing forever has been extremely lunch pail, which is you know if you're a Bruins fan that should that that should that should speak to you to no end, right? <laughs> yeah, and the players that um were problematic or assholes. I mean, there's only one player on the team I don't like right now, and that was Bemstrom because he gave Tuca that concussion that time. I mean, I Max Domi's kind of a hard guy to like, but he's not going to be on the team for much more than another week and a half. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, but, I mean, it's like Josh Anderson was a prick. Uh, Dubois was a whiny asshole. I'm trying to think of the other guy that, that also left. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, they're they're very uh, work ethic oriented. They're very blue collar lunch pail, yeah. And then their best goal scorer just happens to be about a 55-year-old Euro trash. <laughs> every time i look at him i'm like how is he like what he's 26 no he's not even 26 yeah, he's, he's 26 he's the same same draft as uh as mcavoy <laughs> oh my god he's so young and he looks so old it's so funny well, when he was younger he grew that scruffy goat that, that scruffy goat beard too like he's just his entire thing is just looking wrong <laughs> he is just a weirdo. I kind of like to be inside of his head just to see what's going on in there. But like you, you look at some of his, you know, advanced stack cards too. He's like, doesn't defend, doesn't really generate <laughs> offense, but he just scores a fuck ton of goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you're not putting it in the net, and that's why when when he's suffering from bad shooting luck, he looks like shit because. Unless he's shooting successfully, he is shit. <laughs> yeah, I watched him do a whole lot of not defending last night. <laughs> and what I said to Glenn was, I went, yeah, uh, Line, terrible at defense, just doesn't do it. I mean, he makes Alex Ovechkin look like he should win the Norris. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, he's got the most interesting man in the world. Things like, I don't shoot, I don't take many shots, but when I do, they go in. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, th- they have plenty of people on that team that are good. I, I miss Cam Atkinson. I, I liked him, but he's with Philadelphia now because they wanted Voracek or somebody wanted to get rid of i think philadelphia wanted to get rid of Voracek. i think that's what it was so anyway and i'm going to say this may not be a popular opinion but howla absolutely tripped Voracek on the way to his goal <laughs> Voracek had a right to complain there and howla went and scored the goal right after that so yay we we got away with something <laughs> well i mean that's not reviewable at all so <laughs> i i know i'm just saying it's like i can understand some people are like oh he's whiny i'm like he got tripped yeah <laughs> by well, the goal scorer <laughs> they got the extra four seconds at the end of the game and scored uh, so i mean it evens out did you, did you enjoy how, how incapable of agreeing on who scored the goal at first there jack and brick were on the first goal on the on, on the debrusque goal <laughs> It's like, oh, Marshall, wait, no, no, it was Bergeron. And they show the clips, I'm like, and they're not even saying it's DeBrusque. And I'm watching the clip, the replays, I'm like, no, it's definitely DeBrusque's stick. <laughs> I thought it was Bergy. Till the second, um, I think when one from the replay from in front of them, it was quite clear that it was DeBrusque's stick. Okay, I didn't see that one. Okay. Um, I don't know if I looked down. It or wasn't something. even, it was, Bergy's stick wasn't even particularly close to the puck, at least not relative to the cluster of humanity that was right there on that redirect. On that redirect. <laughs> but can we, 
I, I didn't want to do this, but can we just talk about how bad Jack was last night? He was messing up names. He seemed like he was downright drunk at times. I just ramble on. Again, like, he's not good at these away games anymore, with not being able to be there. But, like, he just yammer on about some other bullshit, like, for, like, three minutes. It was like, there's there's a lot of gameplay going on here, Jack. If you guys are yeah. going to talk nonsense that isn't the play-by-play, let Brick do it. Yeah. I don't adore Brick's, uh, Brick's color commentary, but it's certainly better than Jack's. <laughs> I like Brick. I like Brick a lot. I mean, he's doing color commentary. He's yeah. not supposed to be, like, doing play-by-play. But, like, when Jack wanders into the color, it's just like, what the fuck are you even going on about there, son? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I've I been quite clear. I, I am done with the Jack Edwards experience, and I used to be a staunch Jack defender. I used to love Jack, but I don't love Jack anymore. It's fine. Maybe I've grown. Maybe he's just gotten worse. Maybe it's both. But he was really bad last night. He just was, because he makes a point. We know that he makes a point of trying to say a a player's name correctly. But he kept messing up on several of the Blue Jackets names, which he would, he had pronounced correctly first. And then sometime later, he mispronounced them. And it was just like, dude. I think I picked up four different pronunciations of Gavrikov from him. There was yeah. at least one Gavrikov. I'm like that one's definitely wrong. <laughs> I know that's what I say because I'm not not quite used to Russian Gavrikov. I love Gavrikov. I have a little bit of a crush on him, which is odd for me because one, he is kind of your sort of defenseman, so I get it. A little less rough and tumble, but he is still mostly a defensive dude. He's just having a pretty good offensive season. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of assists. He's only got three goals, one of which came last <laughs> night. The Blue Jackets have a series called Behind the Battle, I think it is, or something like that, or Behind the Cannon. It's one of those things. I don't know. It's on YouTube, and I it, it doesn't come out as much as Behind the Bee um, does, but it comes out, and I watched the first episode, and it was Merzlikens had just signed his contract, and he was there with his wife, and they were like in an area like of the training facility, and um, his wife was having he and his wife were having a hard time getting baby Knox to kind of calm down, right? Uh, he's very young, like three weeks old or something like that, and Gavrikov comes in, and it's like L- let me see, and he just he holds him, and then the baby is just quiet like that. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, he's so sweet. Like, like, I think if a baby just calms down with you like that, they they sense something, something in you that's like really calm and, and wonderful. And so I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so sweet. And every time I've seen him do like press and whatever, he's just he's a nice guy. So I kind of just love him. And he's a defenseman, too. And when I found out he was a defenseman, I'm like, get out. I love my defenseman. I was someone's going to say, I love my D. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, phrasing. Um. <laughs> so interestingly, I was about to comment on, you know, who's actually been like, you know, I mean, I mean, not great. I don't think he's capable of being great anymore, but been decent of late is actually Felino. Yeah. Fourth line left wing position. And I think I still would generally prefer bleed there. But I got no complaints about Felino of late, except for that late penalty yesterday. Is Bleed still hurt, or is he just... Bleed's been scratched. I mean, like, part of it's, you know, there's a money thing. And all else being equal, it's almost always going to go to the guy that's paid more, right? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, like you know, Felino had his his, uh, his Gordy Howe there against the against the Ducks, got his reve- had his revenge fight <laughs> against Carrick. <laughs> <laughs> 
blame him for going after Carrick. I mean, Carrick injured him, so. Yeah. Go get him. And he had the secondary assist on Craig Smith's goal last night and stuff, too. Again, he had that penalty at the end, which led to the Voracek goal, although that entire sequence was fucky, and I think they're, and it's almost certain there was a, a clock issue that allowed that goal to happen. Yes. Because after the goal, they put time back on, but there was a suggestion either on Twitter or the broadcast that it was like, ah, oh, there's a good chance that goal was actually after the buzzer, even without that minute, that second, him, even with that second being put back on. <laughs> yeah, like the when they dropped the puck for the, someone had a video on, put a video on, on of it when the puck dropped with like ten seconds left on the faceoff, it didn't. The clock didn't start for like four or five seconds. And then they only put one back on, which means the math does not check out. It does not. Nope. Nope. So I I get it. But again, like taking the penalty when you're when a team's in a uh, close game, when the team, when the other team's already got their goalie pulled, is just not good. Not a good look. Watch it from, be careful, Nick. Right. But you know that his nickname is Fliggy? Yeah, I've seen that Fliggy and Fligs, yeah. Oh my god. I just I don't like it. I mean Fliggy Neither at least kind Boomer. of breaks from the uh breaks from the, the standard hockey thing, right? Okay. Instead of being Fliggy or or Fligger, I'll take Fliggy or Fligs over either of those, even though they're like more or less the same thing. Because there are at least slight variations. They call <laughs> coil coily. Okay. Coily. Yep, and you know that if the if the Blue Jackets win, uh, or if Sean Corelli does something, you can go get free curly fries. <laughs> that's kind of. I mean, that's, that's actually a pretty fair, pretty uh, fair um, uh, promotion. Incidentally, yeah, Corelli, I was reading reading Ty the, before the show and. One thing he commented on is like Corrales getting more offensive opportunities than he did last, than he did with, with Boston, and yep. so and of course and Noshik's been working out fantastic. This is a case mm-hmm. where Ty basically it's like this is a rare case where the divorce worked out well for everyone involved. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think that um, I think Sean's really happy out in Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Let's try it again out in Columbus. Um, first of all, it's kind of cheaper for him because he only has to keep one house, right? So yeah. that's nice. All year round, you you know you can go travel and stuff. That's cool, but you you save money on not having to have two houses. And he's a marketable uh, he's right guy as... playing in his hometown. He gets to be a fucking star. Yes, Maybe not necessarily on the ice, but like in general, like get, he gets to be a local celebrity. <laughs> right, right. So it's like uh, you know he's around his family. He's around his friends. He's like. Not that he didn't have friends here, but I mean, he he's, he's from there, and he went to my, my, my University of Miami, Ohio, right? So like, like yeah. all of his people are there. <laughs> well, Miami's on the other side of the state, but yes, okay, but yes, yes, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, no, no, I think I, I exactly. So it's like all of his friends are in that area. I think he just looks happier. Like when you see him, um, well, I mean, he speaks with a little more confidence. His last two seasons in Boston were both so rough, too, right? Yeah, his last good year really was uh, the cup run. 20- yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been tough watching him do that. So it's been fun to see him. Uh, what little I see, uh, but I can see it on ESPN Plus. See him doing a little bit better out there. He's already got eight goals, uh, and he's like within three points of his all-time best points. So 
I think it's like eight and 12 for 20. And uh, if he gets three more points, it'll be his, his best year. And I said, super, ha- super happy for him. Happy for like, he needed to get out of you know, his time in Boston was clearly done. And the guy they hired, they found town to replace him has been fantastic. He's having a good season. Ever nothing to complain about there at all. No, no, no. You know, it's one of those things where I thought I'd miss him a huge amount, but uh, I really like Noshik, and I. Noshik know, might this... be more fun to watch, at least can at least game to game. When Corrali was on, he did just absolute dynamite, right? But I know. I but know, when he wasn't, so it was difficult to watch. Whereas Noshik, even on a down game, is still fun. He buzzes more. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um. Um. <laughs> I, like it's so funny because I won't. Uh, there, there were times where it's like I, I wasn't really paying attention to something for some reason, and then I'd see. I'm like, oh, that's Corelli skating because I know what he looks like. He looks like kind of like an anthropomorphic bowl of noodles when he sk- skates. <laughs> <laughs> His legs kind of flap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I. I I'm glad with this new TV deal that the NHL brokered where they made a lot more money and they've split up the broadcasting rights. I am glad that one of the things that comes out of it is that I can see other games on Hulu slash ESPN plus. Um, so like I get to see a fair amount of, of blue jackets games. In fact, it kind of recommends like, Hey, have you seen this? <laughs> you know, so I'm like, so it's good. So it's like, it's kind of sneaky that, that they became my second team, but I guess I got to watch one of my boys, you know? Um, oh yeah. How about, uh, we'll get back to the game in a minute. How about uh, the chatter of uh, Nola Chari uh, possibly being well, he expendable for a long time. And then he's only made it into three games. He's been, he's not, he's an, he's become an afterthought down there. Right. Mm, yeah. I mean, they're going so well without him mm. between that and Vetrano's contract ending. It's like that brief stint of Florida being Boston South is coming to an end oh, <laughs> between man. that. And, you know, the dog years trade going to, uh, Chicago slash whatever Chicago's AHL team is Rockford. That's what it is. Oh, so is that where uh, Dog Ears is now? He's been he's played both this season, but I think he spent more time in Rockford than he has in Chicago. Yeah. Well, either way, Chicago sucks, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, what? good for him. He, he did well those couple years in, um, in 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 with the Caps. Got himself a cup. Made himself some money because he played well with the Caps. So you know, living the dream. Yeah, he has the money to invest in the best anti-aging creams he can find. Oh my god! <laughs> and he needs and them. by the looks of his photo from Rockford this year, he certainly has not taken advantage of that. Holy <laughs> crap! You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I know some people hate the word "normalize," but we should normalize men using facial moisturizer, anti-aging stuff, hair products, and makeup. We should be, you know what? Makeup should not just be for women. You men can put on a thing of 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 uh, put on a face of a foundation and feel just fine. That's what we should do. I'm just like I would say, file that more is normalizing. You know, what? let them do whatever the fuck they damn well please. Like my mother makes cracks about how much gray's in my beard. It's like you know what? It's fine. I'm 37. I'll fly my flag. I don't care. <laughs> I know. Look at my hair. <laughs> When I was 35, 
my hair was this color. And I kept dyeing it black. Okay? For years. I am now, I mean, for the last few years, I've been in an age where I've just been like, fuck it. I'm just going to go full silver. Because it's actually, it's really pretty hair. I'm going to It's say. nice, actually. It's, 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 it, 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 it grayed fantastically. Not everyone, did... not everyone gets that privilege. I'm probably going to go, end up going shock white at a relatively young age and it'll be okay because my hairline's been stationary, but. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the secret right now. When you do go white or gray, get some purple shampoo. It is like a, it, there's like a there's shampoo that's made specifically for hair to kind of tone down the brassiness. So your hair okay. can be that beautiful white, silver gray. Um, so that's what you, so I have a I actually have a bespoke shampoo. Listen, I, I, am, for me. I am quite aware there's more gray in my on top than I than I noticed for a specific because when I got my hair cut last week, I was watching I was watching the apron. And I'm like, oh, dear. I hadn't realized there was quite this much up there. But anyway, yes. <laughs> you know what? Everybody should be able to age however they want. You can dye your hair for until you're like 80 if you want. I don't care. You can stop dyeing your hair and just let it go. That's fine. And so my, view is, my, my, my view is on that shit. It's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, until I really got to see what my hair looked like and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. Although I did have an older lady come up to me one time and said, don't do that. I'm like, okay. And then I had a 21-year-old say to me about 10 minutes later, she's like, I love your hair. So, because, you know, dyeing your hair silver or, or it's kind of a popular thing. But anyway, it's fine. Uh, I like it. Uh, and guess what? If I want to dye it, I'll dye it. And if I don't want to dye it, I can always find a wig. So there we go. It's all fine. It's all good. You know, I mean... Um, I think we should just allow people to do whatever they want. And if you're a man, you should wear the... What? Boomer's chiming in. What? What's going on? Yeah, I'm not ready yet. Thank you. Come here. Anyway, um, let's get back to the game. <laughs> um, yeah, so of course, uh, the uh, the overtime was terrible. Nothing. Like just, just not terribly watchable. Mm-mm. A lot of people was... backing the puck out of the out of the zone on themselves, shit like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. You know I, what I really loved about this game was like the first period was awesome, and that you had very few stoppages. You know, there was just this game. It was like they would play for like seven or eight minutes without stopping, and it was like, <laughs> yes, I love this. It was a feisty game. It was a feisty. It was a nice pace game. I mean, the close of the period was unpleasant, but. <laughs> right, right. But it was like, you know, it, it, I I liked that about the first period. So then to watch the overtime just be so much meh, you know, it was like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this. And then, oh, great. We're going to go into the shootout because everybody loves that. Now, we, we talked about this before. And we should share some of our great insight about the yeah. shootout. So, of course, we all know Charlie Coyle has exactly one shootout move, and it cannot be saved. So Charlie Coyle naturally is one of your starting three shooters, always should be. And then he didn't do his move. <laughs> you know, the one where he goes all the way to one side of the uh, one side of the, of, of the net. The goalie follows him, but then he uses the fact that he's apparently 12 feet long with slinky arms. 
and just taps it in at the other at the far side of the other crease. It's cool to watch, but why didn't he do it? I don't know. He is six three. Yeah. So he's pretty tall. He's, he's pretty tall. I, mean, I think he may have sort of the physiological thing that uh, Carlo has going on, where his arms are even longer than you'd expect for his height. I I prefer that over shorter. Yeah, yeah, little 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 little, uh, little stumpy Mark Wahlberg arms, not cool. Or Matthew McConaughey T Rex arms. No, <laughs> I've never noticed that in McConaughey, but it really stands out with Wahlberg. Wahlberg can't even reach his own pockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, Brandon Carlo grew this year because he is now listed as six six. So is he now? He is. I'm not kidding. It's great. I'm skeptical, but okay. He, look on the Bruins website. He's listed at six six. I mean, I, I believe you. I just don't believe them. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I saw a picture of Marshy and Pasta going into Vegas looking dressed to the nines. That Marshy's was... shoot, suit, I mean, Pasta's suits on this trip. Like both of them were just like, so you, you, you just like, did you just go to someone's grandmother's house and skin their couch? Like I loved the Vegas outfits. I thought yeah, the Vegas one was nice. The, the, what was it? Was that? Was it the Seattle one? Was the the real the one I made fun of? <laughs> <laughs> it looks better on him than the couch. Okay, I I know the one you're talking about. I remember it now. But no, I I just want to say those Vegas outfits. They were hot. I really loved them. They were like a silk brocade. I I love silk brocade. I do. Uh, but anyway, um, the the two of them were like right next to each other. I'm like, there's no way that Marcy's five nine, right? There's no way he's like. Five eight tops, like seriously, mm. he's not five nine. I mean, just like Tory Krug is not five nine. <laughs> no, he's not. I I met him. He's not tall, not that tall. Anyway, um, okay, so, <laughs> Pasta is the guy who saves the day, right? And it's wonderful. He's the only guy who gets a. Uh, it hits the net uh, with the with the shootout. But Tim's complaint about pasta usually is that pasta is just like, ah, fuck this. I don't want to do this. And it's because Coil failed. Because it's yeah. usually it's like Coil does it. So it's like, eh, eh, I don't need to do anything. Coil's got it. And so he was like, all right, fine. I have to do it. And so he did. And they won the game. And everybody was super happy about that. Well, maybe not the other team but we were and oh i just want to say espn can go fuck themselves with not showing the goalie hug at the end of the game they did not show it at the end of that vegas game they didn't and it hurt me it hurt me because i need to see it now okay it's the only way i know it's the only way i know now so anyway, um, this uh, this uh, road trip was really great. You know, Pasta had 11 points. Uh, DeBrusque had nine. Seven goals. Seven goals for DeBrusque. Including that hat trick. So. Yeah. Like it's. That's... This is all good. Yeah. I don't un- understand that third line, to be honest, but it's working. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's see, what do we have? Coyle had four points, Smith had seven, including three goals. Oh well, four goals, but three in that hat trick. And Trent Frederick had three points. 
<laughs> like it's, it's not big those aren't big points but it's also your third line yeah i mean the, the idea is that we're getting scoring from all sorts of places and it's not just the top line so we're and, we're getting stuff from all four lines on this trip and that was the big thing right and that was even right. with the fourth line being in flux because lazar spent most of the trip on the shelf yeah because he got hurt against seattle so and then he finally he came back looks like uh, i saw the like, summary from, from 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 ty again there was only three players like three skaters the team rostered on this trip who didn't get any points. One's Lazar, who, you know, got hurt in Seattle and then didn't play again until last night. One's Froden, who's, you know, filler. Yep. And then Mike Riley, who I'm finally starting to come around to the thing that he's he's, he's an issue. Yep. Well, um, well, let's talk about that. Because the trade deadline is coming up in two and a half weeks. And we don't know exactly what we have to do anymore. <laughs> really no idea. Um, now, this week, we happened to see uh, Fluto Shizawa had a uh, really great article in The Athletic about Bruce Cassidy changing his mind on how the line should be at the beginning of this year. Uh, the beginning of this uh, this calendar year, I should say. Um, and that was when, of course, he decided to drop Pasta down after, uh, dropped him down to the second line after much consideration. But it wasn't even as simple as that. We all know. Um, so he, he had some discussions with Brad and Marshy, uh, you know, uh, Brad and Marshy, let's try it again, with Bergie and Marshy, who are, of course, the leadership group, the core, really, yeah. now. Um, captain and captain in waiting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and they agreed that it was the thing to do because, you know, if we're talking about the idea of duos, which often comes up, you know, you have Marshy and Bergy as a duo. So that other person is important, and, but not. And let's face it, um, being on the top line through the fall was not actually working for Pasta. Right, right. So then, you know, he they, they discussed it and they agreed that Pasta should go down to the second line because they need to have more scoring depth, right? So... Hall and Pasta, what we what what he hoped would happen with Hall's playmaking ability and Pasta's just scoring touch. He was hoping that the two of them would be a duo and then they still needed somebody to center them. So he had to think about it. And he was like, he realized that Charlie Coyle was where other people's scoring went to die. Coyle, Coyle this is the thing. So and it's been nice to see this season. Like Charlie Coyle's thing is that the puck is his. Mm -hmm. You cannot take it away from him. This is what stood out to me after the trade. Because remember, after they acquired him, he was better than I think anyone in Boston actually expected him to be. Mm -hmm. Like the guy, the guy, guy doesn't really doesn't put up points, but he is and he is in fact underneath it a very good player. But his style didn't suit Hall at all. Charlie Coyle is like the worst kind of golden retriever who doesn't give you the ball after you throw it to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, come on, Charlie Coyle, it's no it's no wonder why he has a couple of golden retrievers, because he is a golden retriever. So he decided to take Charlie and throw him down on the third line where he could build up some more chemistry with Craig Smith. Well, I mean, it wasn't Craig Smith. Uh, that, that's a very recent development. <laughs> that's a recent one. Right. I'm sorry. He put him down on the, the third line because that was where he was best suited and comfortable. And, and Charlie Coyle is like, yeah, that's fine. 
It wasn't working with DeBrusque and Felino, but like, you know, Coyle's a good soldier. And it's where and third fine center is where he belongs. Who whoever's on my line, I'm gonna just bring them along with me. We're just gonna go and do what we have to do. So then he had to think about who he wanted for second line center, and he considered Felino, but thought he was a bad choice, and then decided uh he, he was like Howla decided he was gonna raise his hand and 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 agree to do this thing because all I want him to do is to be the defensive one. That's all I want him to do. He can take the face-offs and he can clean up the messes that the other guys leave behind. And it's like when when that was explained to me, I finally understood what we had not understood for so long because we have questioned this. We're like, how is this working? How is this sustainable? And, and now it makes we understand. his scoring relative to the other two make more sense now. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's producing, yes, but like... Here's the deal is he has 25 points in 53 games, whereas Pasta has 57 in 56 and, and, and Hall has 41 in 56. There's a disconnect there, but it's working. There's a rationale and explain that explains it. Right. Right. So um, basically you're you're asking Howla to use like most of his skill set, we'll say, whereas like if you had David Krejci in that situation, you'd be asking him to use only part of his skill set uh, because we also know that, that, that Krejci was really good uh, uh, on the scoring side. So, so it's okay. Well, and it's there's working. the thing about not having a playmaking center there makes sense because it does fit better with what Hall is at this point in his career. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you got it's, your you, duo. You have two passers. What do you, I mean, Hall and Krejci looked great, but like it's two passers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, guess what? <laughs> Now you have a passer and a scorer, and it, it works, right? And um, they, there have been two instances where you can actually really see that happening without much else going on. So you can it draws your attention. One was uh, one of the uh, Ottawa games where they uh, won the game in overtime, I believe. And there was another game that they won. Who was it? That Oh, it's the Preds game. They won that in overtime, too. Uh, because they had Urho behind them. Ur- Urho got the puck up to them. Yeah. I think it was Hall that won on that one. He 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 was the one who actually scored on that one. But it was uh, Pasta on the other one. So it was like it, they complement each other so well. So it's really great. So this brings up the whole idea of like, do we really need a second line center when you've got these two guys working at the top of their skill set? <sighs> I don't know the answer to that question, to be completely honest. I'm I'm not unhappy with what it is. I don't I still don't know if I trust it in the seven game series against one of Kane's Tampa or Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you have one guy who's dedicated to you know, doing the defensive stuff and you have two other guys who are just like we're they're we're just we're here to score, that can be a deficit. And, and yeah. they can face a, a. I mean, Pasta saw a lot of the matchups uh, when uh, Marshy was out. You know, it's like so the the first line when Marshy was, was out, that wasn't yeah. Yeah, so so Pasta's scoring went down because he, they they were getting more difficult uh, because the top line was Bergy and whoever <laughs> whomever was there, uh, and it was not really a great combination. Now, obviously. DeBrusque moving up to the top line is a new development that no one saw coming, probably. And it's working for now. But how how much is that going to work? We don't know that. 
I hope it works. I hope I hope Debrusque acts as his own rental at this point and, and but, continues but to his produce. agent's comments after the hat trick don't sound like that's really what DeBrusque wants. And it also suggests to me that there's reasons he wants out of Boston, not out from under Cassidy, based on his agent's comments. Did he knock somebody up? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just that's just the vibe I got, right? Because you I, think I with this kind of with getting this kind of opportunity, with this kind of success, you think that it would soften it, but in fact, his agent's comments were a little more hard line. I think that Boston. I think it's a tough place to play. We we've talked about that. Yeah, it's tough for the media coverage. It's tough because fans once they turn on you once, basically, Debrus can be the new Tuca. He's the new guy that we're just going to shit all over, right? He has been. So I I understand it. If you're not, if you can't deal with that, this is a terrible place to be. I understand. He doesn't want to be here. I wish he would change his mind, but that's how it is. But right now, he doesn't have a lot of choice. He's here. I know that his agent is going to go talk to other teams and see what they can do. But that doesn't mean anything's going to happen. I mean, like, it's good that's happening because that's clearly a pretty critical thing to be able for a trade to happen. Because, like, teams are justifiably kind of scared of his uh, of his QO. They should be. And so it's important to know if he's willing to sign for less than that in advance of, uh, 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 of the um, uh, QO period, right? Because that's what they need. <laughs> right. Right. If he wants out of here that badly, then he'll want to sign for less, for more term. Yeah. Like the right deal for him would probably be something very similar to what he has right now. Two years, three million a year. I guess I'm. it's more wishful thinking than I, I, that I want him to be his own rental right now. And that's what he kind of is acting as right now until the deadline. So, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. So... But in that case, it, let's say he does get traded. Or we're looking for another right wing, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so potential trade targets. 2C, maybe. 1RW, possibly. And then lefty, because Mike Riley is... He's not awful, but he's not doing the things out there that you expect him to be doing. There's also the question of three right D. Ooh. And of course, as we know, everyone's mileage on the matter of Connor Clifton varies, right? (laughs) When he's playing well, you don't really notice him that much. (laughs) But when he's playing poorly, whew. Cliffy hockey giveth and Cliffy hockey taketh away is what it is. Yeah. There isn't really a middle ground for him is the problem. There isn't a lot of just fine with him. He's either playing well or playing like shit. <laughs> Damn, it's looking like it's looking like we need a lot of stuff now. God, this is hard. Well, we don't. They don't need all four. Is the thing. So we just have to decide what we need. Or I mean, Sweeney has to decide what he needs. We just have to sit and watch. So here's the thought. It all depends on whether or not they're able, whether or not Pat Verbeek's able to sign people in uh, Anaheim. 
I mean, granted, yes, it's not Bob Murray anymore, but Sweeney's clearly got a thing with that team. What if you got both Raquel and Lindholm in a single rental? Oh, wow. Hmm. DeBrusque being part of the, in that scenario, obviously would be part of the, of the, of what's going out. Now you're leaving the 2C as Hella at that point, And I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about that. I'm okay with it. Well, there's the thing is most of the 2C opportunities are going to cost the moon. And I think the only one I would pay the moon for would be Hurdle if he becomes available. And that's on the singular assumption that you're going to sign him. (laughs) But it sounds like Hurdle kind of wants to stay yeah and the sharks for reasons that don't really make a whole lot of sense seem to want him to stay yeah so i i don't think he's going to be up uh okay yeah i'm sorry hampus lynn told i know mm. um i uh, yeah we could do that we could do that and then like a third a three right d there's a few cheap ones that probably wouldn't cheap in terms of cap hit ones that wouldn't cost much to acquire whether you're talking mark pissick or uh or justin braun I like Pizzik for his name. <laughs> Hello, Tuka. She's taking up most of the screen now. She's like, she knows. She's like, oh, yeah, she, she absolutely knows. Yes. Hello, sweet girl. I know you can't hear me. It's okay. Oh, look at you. Nope. Nope. She's going away. Okay. Okay. Those are people that could come in and do the right D thing. And then what word does, is, are you talking about Clifton going out on that? I don't even, I mean, Clifton's a solid, you know, depth defense, but at that point, I'm not talking about Clifton going out on that, but you don't need to move Clifton. I mean, to make all that work cap wise, you probably have to send Riley out, which is a little dirty after, after just after making this investment. But Riley also doesn't have a trade, a no trade deal. No, so. and neither does Forbort, but I have a suspicion Forbort wouldn't be on the table. Even though, strictly speaking, if you're bringing in Lindholm, Forbort makes more sense to go out than 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 Riley stylistically. But yeah, yeah. If you have the ability to to score like a huge amount of goals in your forward group, mm. maybe not worrying about the back end being a little more just defensive is fine. So I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's one of those things that we have to think about. We'll probably have like, by the time we record again, we'll have a better idea. And we'll have about half a week before the trade deadline uh, hits. So it's just something we have to think about now. But I think it's important to know exactly what the rationale was for the changes that Bruce Cassidy made and how that affects what the trade deadline will look like, you know? We're, we're on it. We're thinking about it. We don't know what we need yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm hoping that Sweeney has a better idea. Yeah, because, like, there's a, bunch, there's a few holes. None of them are dire, but... <laughs> if you want to go somewhere, you have to fill them. Yeah. And yeah, that's, but I don't think... Thing. I just don't think there are people available that's going to throw you into the cop contention. I just don't... You can't really stand Pat. You, you cannot end sentence stand Pat this year, though, Tim. It is not an option. Yeah, but like making moves for the sake of making moves isn't smart. Well, that's either. not the that, that's not the that's not what we're talking about here, though, dude. Uh, yeah, but like I just 
I don't think this team's winning the cup no matter what you do. So, like, either just play out the rest of this year or play for years beyond. Like, I I just don't think this team – I don't think anything you do is going to put you ahead of Florida, put you ahead of Tampa, put you ahead of anyone like that. So, like, Here's I don't know. The thing is, with the exceptions of Tampa and maybe Carolina – all of the contender, well, except for sorry, Tampa, maybe Carolina, and Calgary are the only contenders I think that that I who, whom I would trust their goaltending. I don't trust oh, yeah. Bobrov. I don't trust Bobrovsky. I don't trust Kemper. I certainly fucking don't trust don't trust Campbell. And like Frederick Anderson doesn't have a good track record in the playoffs. So the only the only contender goalies that I really trust, and I remember I'm not counting the rags here. Shesterkin's having a fucking season, but that team is not good. Um, and then like Jari, and also like Jari's track record in the playoffs is grim, right? So you got two guys have you got a couple guys having two guys having great seasons, but who have bad track records in the playoffs. One guy having an amazing season behind a so-so team, and then you have an assortment of goalies who are not playing well. Again, Bobrovsky, Campbell, Kemper is un- is unpredictable. The only I... like contender goalies that I trust unequivocally are Vasilevsky and Markstrom. <laughs> sure, but then like our guys aren't exactly experienced in the playoffs either. I so mean, like... but th- 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 that's that's not what we're talking here, though. I mean. Not experienced in the playoffs is not the same thing as having an, having a, a long record of abject failure in the playoffs. In fact, it's very much not the same thing. <laughs> I, I think there are multiple factors that we have to look at here. One, if you want, if you want to even try to convince Bergie to come back next year, you have to do something now and you have to go as far as you can go. Two, if Sweeney wants to keep his job, He's got to go further in the playoffs than the first round and the second round, probably. I mean, he might be able to keep his job with the second round. But this is true because he still isn't re-signed as far as we know. So, like, he's, he's, I don't think he's playing for his job, but he could easily – But he, he's working for – he's bidding for his job, but he could easily be bidding himself out of his job. Right, right. So, basically, um, I think that the Burgay thing is much more important. You want to give him a good go. Because this could be his final year. I know we're not supposed to talk about it. Um, but also, maybe you want you want to convince him to come back um, for next year, which is not a guarantee. So you got to put together something that shows him like that you're making the effort to do that. You know, I just I think that I, I, you got to do something. I think that Sweeney knows he's got to go kind of big. Um, maybe not. Well, I mean, yeah, he's got to go kind of big here. He's got to get this. Uh, he's got to get this team in a, a position to ha- handle the tougher teams. What was it? Busegross was on uh, Ray. I was on the uh, I think Hill this week. Pujagross. Yeah, and basically, and straight up said, like this team needs to be like the Rams here. Just push all in right now. I like Pujagross. Yeah, go in because guess what. We Jeff's been talking about this for years. Years he says like this team is going to look grim in a year or two. Like the rebuild, like going pushing all in will make the rebuild suck and it'll hurt and it'll drag. But we are currently watching the twilight of 
one of uh, uh, probably one of the top five players this franchise has ever and will ever see. Yep. Anything short of all in is just disrespectful to him, to the team, to this team, to, to this team's history going forward. Yeah. I don't want to see Bergie go out in the first round. I don't want to see him go out in the second round. At least make it to the championship, the conference championship. Like, and it's gonna be up. It's gonna be uphill battle, tough sledding. Pick your rib, pick your um, your your idiom. I don't care. It's doable, but you gotta be bold here. Fortune favors the bold. Fucking Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand the hesitation. Uh, Tim, I a lot. There are a lot of times where I'm very conservative about these things because uh, I would doubt the ability of the team to actually do something. But you know what? I've been trying to just enjoy the hockey team. And yes, I understand the last episode that we had, we did everything but talk about the Bruins because there wasn't really much to say. But I, I feel like I got to want them to go all in right now. Because of the uncertainty of the the Bergie situation, and I feel like it, it it is it's it would be a terrible thing for you guys to just kind of lay down, and, and take it, uh, you know. Well, take there's more uncertainty besides the Bergie situation too, right? If if the bad thing happens and they're bad next year, what happens at the end of the year when pasta's up? This is why they have to do it all now. Yeah, we can't just keep uh, relying on the fact that uh, Boston is a likable city because it reminds so many players of Europe. <laughs> Eventually, the guys got guys are going to want to go to win. They don't see a future. How it and if you and if you have a situation where there isn't a future and he hasn't had success yet, why would Pasta want to stay? The entire point of this, from the player's point of view, is a make up, make bank, and b win the cup. Mm-hmm not just to play in a place where they feel great not all the time like i'm sympathetic to your view tim and i don't disagree but there isn't another i i don't standing pad isn't an option okay i mean i just yeah it's just how i feel about it i'm like i'm not gonna be mad if they do make any moves i'm just not i just don't think that anything they that's available that we know of who's available and stuff like that that there's something that that's going to push them over the top. And now we don't know every player that's available. We don't know every move that could be made. So that could play out differently. And maybe they do something insane and swing big and get someone no one expected. But who knows, I guess. Well, it, it you know, it entertains me to no end that uh, I'll watch like you know, the trade center stuff that they broadcast on, uh, on NHL network and they will put everybody up there, everybody and their mom up there on the trade board, possible trade targets. And how many of them are actually the ones that go? <laughs> well, like I wonder, I always wonder how many of them are players that some teams asked, made cold calls asking about rather than once the, well, rather than ones that the team that currently has them has made any indication that they have any plans on undoing things. Right. <laughs> Right. Like right. some of it, I'm sure there's team staff that deliberately leak not entirely true rumors to the insiders. That way they make the news and then they become a real thing. 
Yeah, they put up just about everybody who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, too. Just because, and then you end up with random ones, you know, you know, younger players that aren't getting, that aren't getting their full shot, which is why you start, which is why you hear about um uh, about Jadina and Comtois, which Max Comtois would be interesting. <laughs> but Where is anyway. he? Habs. Uh, ducks, because they're all the ducks. Oh, apparently. ducks! Oh, yeah, ducks, ducks. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to be there. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see, Tim. It, it's going to be okay. And you are allowed to have your your opinion on this. Um, I, for one, am just like, yep, let's do it. Let's go all in. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, because right now, I'm not, I'm not taking this super seriously. I'm just trying to enjoy this. And if we can get a, a cup run out of this, you know, if we get uh, beyond the second round, I'll be happy. <laughs> Honestly, um, I've been of view that any success the team's had since the bubble has been found money. So, <laughs> God, that bubble was so bad. Because like after the bubble, I thought the team was done. Like I thought at the time it was just to sell. It was to sell everything, but everyone still had a little bit of term, and I was wrong. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe part of it is uh, cheering for a team that's on the other end of the all-in for two years, and now looking at grimness. In the near future, and I and I and I appreciate that, Tim. I do think that's a bit different, in that like your team sort of went from not really anything to buying themselves competitiveness, and it was short lived. But it was always going to be in that case. Yeah, that's true. It's just maybe 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 that's part of why I am trying to be conservative here. But I don't know. Like the Bucks aren't going to be good next year, and anyone who says they are is kidding themselves. Because Blaine Gabbard is probably starting at quarterback. But that is grim. Sorry. <laughs> so, so Tim, my my view here is it doesn't matter what the Bruins may well be bad next year. We can't know that. There's 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 several exogenous factors we don't know. It has nothing to do with what they do at the deadline this year. It's just yeah. an economy of scale. <laughs> you know. Um... Talking about football stuff, I know it's not exactly the same, but, you know, when Joe Montana was traded from the 49ers, I stopped watching the 49ers because I couldn't bear to watch Steve Young take over. Even though Steve Young had been there for years, I could not bear to watch him take over the team that was led by Montana for so long. And then when he went to the Chiefs, it wasn't the same. And I could barely, barely ever watch those games anyway, because the Chiefs were not good enough to be on national coverage um, of teams. This is pre-internet. Um, I mean, the internet existed in some realm, but it was not widely used. So basically, I had no ability to watch my favorite player play on his new team and I was lost in the football wilderness for many years after that because I basically didn't have a team. And then, you know, the Patriots in between had decided like, oh, we're actually going to draft Drew Bledsoe number one overall. And there was a chance and they got into the Super Bowl and they didn't win. But, you know, it was like that was a start. It was like, OK, so New England has an owner who's engaged and they're trying to do the things and whatever. So it's good to follow this team. But I didn't follow them too, too closely at first. So I, I understand where it's like, you know, when you like something so much and you're so happy about it because it turned out really well. And then 
it's not that way anymore. It kind of sucks. It clouds everything else. I only had one sport back then. So, and right now it's like, you know what? With the Bruins, I feel like when the Bruins um, don't make it past the second round of the playoffs, I feel gutted every time because I'm just like, guys, anything could happen. And it's not happening. And I hate that. So this year, I'm just trying to enjoy it for what it is. I just, you know what I really want? What I really, really want? I'm going to tell you. Zig-zig-a. zig Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want the Tampa Bay Lightning to not repeat. That's what I want. God, I, I don't think I could handle a, a three-peat. Yep. I don't want them to repeat. Um, I don't. Twitter, I have to. I have to. I have to delete my Twitter account. They three peat. I, I couldn't do it. At this point, they, at this point, I'm sorry, hockey Twitter. Once you win twice in a row, you're the bad guy going forward. Do not valorize this fucking team. Nope. <laughs> Remember when I got blocked by Nick Bonino? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like back to back wins are cool. A three peat. No, fuck that. Fuck okay. that. I'm sick of hearing about the '80s Oilers. I do not want another team to be that. <laughs> yeah. So like I I really want the the lightning to not repeat. I really want the canes to not go to the final. Okay. That's about it. That's all I can be, basically say. I mean my other, my other playoff demand is that the is that the Leafs lose in the first round because I want the fireworks. <laughs> well, when you have no goaltending and no don't uh, no defense, that's going to happen. Yeah. They uh-huh. were up Three games to nothing last year, and they lost to the Habs in seven. Campbell put up a sub-900 save percentage last night against Buffalo. (laughs) You know, Toronto's really the gift that keeps on giving in the NHL. But anyway, (laughs) yeah. Okay, I didn't even consider Toronto in any of that because basically I don't even think that they're going to do anything. Okay, so so those were my two demands. I just I don't want the the repeat, and I I don't want the Canes. And my personal thing is, if like if the Panthers rise up and they go to the final, I'm gonna root for them. Okay, that that's it. That's that's where I am because I I want the Bruins to go really far, but if it if they don't, it's not the end of the world. I I want this this ride with Bergie to last for a long time. So. Let's do it. So that that's what I think. Joe Montana story is that Steve Young was originally drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know. I know. And they lured him away because the, because Tampa Bay wasn't all that good. <laughs> <laughs> and they saw they saw that he would but but keep in mind Steve Young was a very rough talent. Um they liked his athleticism but he needed to work on his throwing. Um and uh, staying in the pocket, which he didn't do very well ever. Um, but he got better at having uh, more quarterback presence, uh, even when he was out of the pocket. So uh, so basically, yeah, I get it, Tim. I'm not trying to, to make you hurt more. I'm just saying uh, Steve Young broke my heart, too. OK. Freaking Steve Young. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just want one one more thing to say. Jeremy Swayman, he, uh, not only is he the captain of my heart, 
the king of Alaska. He is the rookie of the month for February, man. Oh, man, what a good kid. And I love that meme that was going around the other day and that picture of him with the fish. And the, the face he was making is that fish is clearly about to flip out of his hands. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, thank you for capturing that, Bruins photographers. <laughs> okay, so I guess we should talk about games that are coming up. Yes. Okay, so, of course, today is um, um, March 6th. So the next two weeks, we start off tomorrow night, March 7th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, at the TD Garden against the Kings, a rematch from last Monday's game. <laughs> Could be a trap game, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, follow that up on a Thursday, uh, one of a relatively small number of two-day uh, two breaks for this month. Uh, Thursday on the 10th, also at TD Garden, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, against Chicago. You know, when you just said that, I kept, I, I was thinking of the band Chicago and one of their songs can't, got in my head and I was like, no, that's not the right Chicago. No. No, <laughs> no Peter Cetera led Chicago. No, 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 no. 25 <laughs> or 6 to 4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the one I was thinking of was uh, You're the Inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> you're the meaning in my life you're the inspiration oh god no thank you i i don't even know why i hate ballads i hate ballads and that's the first freaking chicago song that's, that gets into my head peter satara fuck you okay go ahead and then follow that up on saturday the 12th 7 p.m eastern time also with the garden against the coyotes <laughs> oh yeah that's right the Bruins had a hell of a time getting beyond them Hopefully I mean but like that was also because like Rask died moments before the game and they had to put a unprepared and unrested uh, Omar in right <laughs> yeah yeah I guess so right um, then uh, next next Tuesday it's the 15th 8.30pm Eastern Time uh, against Chicago in Chicago <laughs> You're the inspiration. <laughs> and then the following at 7.30 Eastern time, which is an interesting start time considering the game is in Azette, Minnesota, which makes that a very early local start for a Wednesday. Yeah, it's like 6.30 for them. Yeah. Now, anyway, Minnesota on the second night of a back-to-back, that there's a schedule loss. Um, oh, God, I and they lost to the the mild earlier in the year too. Fuck them. Yeah. Oh. And then they uh, travel on to Winnipeg for the 18th, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's Friday the 18th. Oh, that's a Friday night game. Yeah, there's not a lot of those. In fact, it's the only one this month. Oh boy, so exciting! I I can't wait to spend my Friday night watching the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> okay sorry i mean fun story three of their top six forwards are three of the worst defensive forwards in the league so oh that's, that's wheeler Shifley, and um uh, connor <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be fun <laughs> poor bruins though they're gonna have the worst wi-fi experience in their life no no, so. no parks <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that sounds like such a fun schedule. 
I mean, like, I see four relatively easy wins in there. At least. Schedule loss and then whatever tomorrow is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, tomorrow seems to say trap game to me, but I also, I don't think the Kings are that good. I think they were like, what, they were second in the, the Pacific, but the Pacific's bad. So, yeah, Pacific's pretty bad, you know. Yeah, so that doesn't mean anything. I mean, the Ducks were second at one point. And yeah, so I, you know, I, I have a hard time taking the Kings very seriously. I think the Bruins should I mean, what, you game. know what the Kings are? They, they, but no one has expectations for the Kings. That makes them fun this year. They weren't supposed to be good yet, and they're decent. Good for them. Fucking A, guys. Next year. Yep. But also, <laughs> fuck you, because I want you to lose. <laughs> also, yes. And again, Chicago, not good. Arizona is, well, Arizona. Winnipeg has not been playing well. So really, like, like, eh, like I, I, this, this, this could be a good two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you know what? I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the quality of hockey is maybe not going to be the most fun. But you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy it and uh, and that's it. And I'm going to think about when I'm going to go see the Bruins again, probably when they play the Blue Jackets next month. I got to get on that. I got to see what's going on with that. So <sighs> I already know what I'm going to wear. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Um, we have a couple of weeks of hockey coming up and hopefully it is going to be great for yeah. the Bruins. All right. Um, I just want to say one last thing about Berging last night. He was doing a, a post-game interview with Sofia Yurkstevich. And uh, she said something about how, like, he had a couple of weeks of rest without the three kids. And he said, I can't wait to go home to my kids. When I get home tonight, I'm going to go into their rooms and give each of them a kiss. And I'm going to get to eat breakfast with them tomorrow morning. It's going to be the best. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's Captain Daddy. And that with him also saving pasta from spilling onto the ice after the celebration of the one goal. <laughs> Captain Daddy. So that's I just I, I was like, oh, my God, he's so adorable. I love him so much. So, yeah, and I, I loved how Connor Ryan was like, you should just give him the selkie for this, for this, uh, you know, for saving pasta from falling down onto the uh, ice there like yes give him the selkie now defensively responsible all right where can they find us jeff okay so you've been listening to barely on topic we uh you're you can find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found everywhere. um everywhere you can uh you can talk to us on facebook where we're at barely on topic podcast and on twitter we're at barely on topic and of course, there are our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at CaptainDaddy.com. Also known as at VA from RI. Word! <laughs>